Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000 and Tuesdays and Thursdays. We talk Bears football with you right here on the Bear Down Podcast. Abdallah, we have week 8 in the NFL. The Bears are traveling to Dallas to face off against the Cowboys on Sunday. And a big trade on Wednesday of this week. The Bears send Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Lots to get to here on the Bear Down Podcast. Yeah, I mean, fresh off that win against the Patriots on Monday Night Football, you hope to build off of that. And now one of your key leaders, emotional leaders as well, and just all-around best players on defense has now been traded to the Eagles, and you look to see now if this defense can respond to that. How does Roquan Smith step up? How does the rest of that defensive line step up and try to, you know, replace him as a leader both on and off the field? So we hear from Ryan Poles here. He talked after the trade on Wednesday to the Chicago media. Here's Ryan Poles, Bears GM, talking about trading Robert Quinn. I've hit on this before. Obviously, part of the tough thing with this job and this position are the tough decisions you have to make. And I always feel like there's the emotional side, um, the human part of it that you know you're affecting not only a, like a man, um, but also his family. And you're kind of shaking that all up. Um, and I don't take that lightly at all. And I'm sensitive to that. Um, you also know that you're tweaking the fibers of your locker room. Um, and that's a big deal too. And he meant a lot to that locker room, but I'm fully confident that the guys, especially on the defensive side, the Jalen Johnsons, the Eddie Jacksons, the Roquan Smiths, Justin Jones, those guys are going to continue to hold it down and and be leaders um, on that defense and help us continue to move forward. Um, Then on the business side, you know, it just made too much sense uh, for what we're trying to do. it's going to allow us to continue to build a highly competitive roster. Um, I think the other thing, too, on the business side and really the football side is I just really trust, you know, Gibson, Mohammed, Dom Robinson, uh, Kingsley, Jonathan. Those guys are going to continue to do a good job. And just to kind of finish everything up, I also want to give, you know, Ian Cunningham a lot of credit. Uh, he put a lot of work into this. Obviously, his relationship with Howie um, went a long ways. So there's a lot of trust there. Um, and I also want to thank Howie for, for his part as well. Bears GM Ryan Poles. Why trade Robert Quinn now? Yeah, like I said, I think the guys around him, you know, I really do trust in, you know, Gibson. He's had a good start to the, to the uh, season. Muhammad, he's brought intensity and, and toughness to that group. And, and even young, you know, Dom Robinson has flashed. Even, you know, he took the ball that Roquan got the other day. Um, and has a promising future, and I think he's going to continue to trend upwards. Did you lose value in waiting to trade Quinn now? Remember, it was a conversation in the offseason, training camp. Should Robert Quinn be traded? He goes days before the trade deadline. Did you lose value? I'm I'm not sure. I know I wanted Robert on this team in the beginning. Um, There weren't many conversations at all. Uh, I was transparent with him, him and his crew about that. I knew the way he played this game, the motor and all that, we needed that to kickstart on how coach, you know, Alan Williams and, and Flus wanted us to play defense. And finally, from Ryan Poles yesterday on a Wednesday at Hallis Hall after the trade of Robert Quinn, will you make more moves before the deadline on November the 1st? It's hard to tell. I know we got a few more days left. Um, you know, there's not a ton going on right now. So I feel good about where we're at. You know, Abdallah, sometimes uh, we have stories where it's like there's clearly two sides. 
pro con and and there's this take and that take and we, and we can kind of debate. I don't know if there's any Bears fan that's sitting here today going, ah, the Bears should not have traded Robert Quinn to get back a fourth round pick for for the upcoming draft. I mean, I, I think everyone agrees. It's kind of what had to be done. I think that there are fans out there that are saying that they should have done this earlier, like in the preseason or before training camp started and trying to get the maximum value and get a second round pick for him. But I don't think that was out there. I don't think that you somebody was going to give you... I know he set the franchise record in sacks. That's a franchise record for sacks, by the way. Not like the league record for sacks and not like, you know, the most in a game or anything like that. Like, he's yeah. had a productive career. He's also 32 years old. Well, the reason it's important, franchise record, this, this franchise has been around since I, the I beginning. I understand that. And they also have a defense that people... I understand as the greatest defense to ever exist. I understand that in professional football. But he's a 32-year-old guy who gets to the quarterback, and the age isn't getting you a second-round pick. I think they played this the right way. I think you have him start the year. You know, some of the young guys learn from his leadership, whether he's teaching them things or they're just he's leading by example, that sort of thing. And then you trade him now. There wasn't a need on a team for Robert Quinn until someone got hurt. Now that. Someone was, Derek Barnett got hurt week one, and the Eagles have tried to get by, and they have done pretty well, but they see themselves as an undefeated team in a bad NFC, and they go, we can do this, like, this year. We can get to a Super Bowl right now. Let's make this move. We have extra picks. Let's make this move, and I think it was good to get a fourth-round pick. You, sure, you might have been able to get a third earlier, but this is a fine pick. This is a good way to cut the money. You now have $124 million dollars in cap space for next season to spend on that line, both sides, defensive and offensive line, to get out, to go out there and re- and start building. He wasn't going to be on the team next year. He was owed way too much money for a guy who's going to be 33 next year. Way too much money. And I, I don't care if he's still... Look, he may go out and have 10 more sacks for the Eagles. He only had one for the Bears leading up to his trade yesterday. So he might have a lot more just because that defensive line is better and he might not be double teamed as much, which means he might get to the quarterback a little more. But I don't see this as a bad move for either side. I think this is a win-win for both teams. You know, he talked, uh, Ryan Poles talked about the locker room and shaking up the locker room when you remove a player of Quinn's caliber, but then also pointing to some of the younger guys that now have an opportunity to step up. Mm -hmm. Roquan Smith was talking to the media yesterday and finds out that Quinn, his uh, partner in crime, on the defensive side of the ball, trying to get to the quarterback, is being traded to the Eagles. Here's Roquan Smith talking to reporters after the trade of Quinn. Robert to, to the Eagles. Yeah. What's, what do you make of Robert's time here? And what do you man, do yeah, man. Sucks. Um, yeah, like, yeah. What? <clears throat> I'm going to take a second for a second, if you don't mind. No, I have a great deal of respect for that guy, you know. Damn. Crazy. So that was Roquan Smith yesterday uh, in front of the media. He was trying to hold back tears and to hide his face beneath his shirt. Uh, very emotional after Quinn traded. And Roquan Smith, the last month, 
has been playing excellent football for the Chicago Bears. And I expect him to keep playing excellent football. I know that, that you know, Roquan Smith uh, is a guy who is a leader on this team, and despite the hold-in or hold-out or whatever it was and not getting a deal done, he was there, and he's still the vocal leader for this defense. He's the guy that's breaking down the huddle. He's the guy that's going around and talking to people on the sidelines during games. Like He looks like a guy who wants to be here, and now is even more of an opportunity for him to step up and be a leader on and off the field for these young guys. And I hope, I still hope, that they find a way to get a deal done with Roquan Smith ahead of next year and that he's a bear for his career. Like, I would like Roquan Smith to be on this team. I hope this doesn't deter him more. Like, oh, you traded away one of my guys. We're trying to build this defense. We're playing really well, and you just traded him away. I hope he understands that this is a business. And having a 33-year-old player on your team who's not going to be here when you have Super Bowl aspirations in a few years, hopefully, is not the way you build a team. The way you build a team is having a bunch of cap space when you're young and can spend it right now and have all your draft picks. So hopefully Roquan uh, learns from this and steps up a little bit more uh, for, and to be a leader on this team. Yeah, and I, I think to this point, uh, Roquan is putting up numbers that are eye-popping at this moment. He uh, leads the NFL in tackles, 78. Uh, he already has two interceptions on the season, which is uh, his high, uh, a season high. He had uh, two interceptions in 2020. Uh, he also has some tackles for loss, uh, pass deflections. Uh, he has been all over the football field and also sacks. I know that's the thing that we look at with Roquan and you say, well, he doesn't get to the quarterback. His two and a half sacks to this point uh, through seven games this season, his high in his career, he had five as a rookie in 2018. So he's already halfway there. We're not even at the halfway point of this season. I would imagine with, with Robert Quinn gone, there might be a little bit more opportunity for Roquan to get to the quarterback, but that's not really the position that he necessarily plays. I, I think Roquan has been on a tear in the last month, and I think the, the, num- the numbers that are going to be there at the end of the day are going to showcase a guy worthy being paid, and that's a conversation we've had at, uh, on this uh, podcast and on the show throughout the, the summer into the fall, but I'd say this, Abdal, maybe he looks at it as they traded away one of his guys, or they, he looks at it as now you got more cash to spend, and you can yeah. spend that cash my way. Because I, I think at the end of the day, that's going to be the most important thing with Roquan Smith. You know, yeah, his guy might be uh, gone, but now the Bears heading into next offseason. They have $125 million of cap space mm-hmm. heading into next year. And we were talking about it. We were producing Carmen and Yurko earlier today, and I looked it up. The second team in most cap space for next season, the, ha- the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, have like $63 million in cap space. That means the Bears have double... Not the last team with the amount of space. Mm-hmm. The second team with most cap space, they have double that amount in this upcoming offseason. So, I mean, if you're Roquan, you keep putting up these stellar numbers, uh, you're going to have to pay the guy. Oh, absolutely. I, I think he should be a part of this defense. He's 25. The question is, though, how much does he want? Does he want $130 million? Does he want $140 million? No, or would he, he settle for $100 million? I, I could see somewhere in the middle of that, like the $110, 115 That'd range. be more than franchise. Because they could also franchise him. Yeah. It would but, piss him off. But that's only about, uh, Corny Cronin said it today when she was in with uh, Cap today. She said it'd be around like $17, 18000000 million to be. So if you sign the deal you're, deal, you're getting more money. I think he should, look, I think he's worth to me. I've set the number for myself at $20 million. $20 million a year, $100 million. I don't know about guaranteed, all that kind of stuff, but set the contract to $20 million. 
for five years. That seems reasonable to me. You know who he uh, reminds me of, uh, thinking back to it, was uh, Sam Mills. Okay. Saints and uh, Panthers yeah. linebacker. Mm-hmm. And Sam Mills, at, at, at the apex of his career, he was getting like around 130, 150 tackles. But his sacks were only around, like he had a career high of five and a half sacks. Uh, so like, and that was the year that he was a pro bowler. Um, he was a first team all pro player. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Roquan might be better than that, but like that's the type of guy that I, I picture. And I guess the reason why that comes up is in my mind, it doesn't appear as if Roquan's game is going to de- like, I think he's going to continue to rise. I don't think that like early no, on he's, he's young, he's hit his peak. Yeah, he's you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's said, why yeah. I would be not into letting him just go. No, I don't want to see him go. Uh, but hopefully they need to come up with a deal. He doesn't the whole thing, he doesn't have an agent and he's doing the negotiating, that can be a problem. Yeah, it certainly could. And it's obviously going to be a story as we uh continue the cover of this team going on in into this season into the next uh off season, but Roquan's playing great football right now. Let's uh talk about this upcoming game against the Cowboys. Matt Eberflus on Wednesday Got a chance to talk to the media, and they kind of went through some of the things from Monday night, and then also as we look forward to the game against the Cowboys. Uh, we talk about, uh, with Matt Eberflus, we hear him talk about the success from the run game to this point in the season. It was a highlight on Monday night. Can they continue it against the Cowboys? Yeah, I think it starts with, uh, you know, obviously really just the, the commitment to it. You know, you have to commit to that. Um, you know, a lot of people say it, and they don't. And they run the ball 15 times. You know, but uh, it's it's we're committed to running the running the ball, and then you got to really do a great job of, of of acquiring the right coaches. You know, so we thought we did a really good job of, of that. You know, with Chris Morgan, um, Austin King, those guys have historically been able to run the ball um, very well at their spots, and uh, so those guys have done a great job of teaching our guys. Um, you know, and then the scheme itself. The scheme itself is difficult. Um, you know, with the inside-outside gap trap. Um, you know, toss, toss the either side. All those things that we do, and then obviously the element of the quarterback. You know, you have the uh, the, the quarterback that has the ability to run. He certainly gives you another element and another uh, you know dose of yards, so to speak, uh, in the running game. So it, it's uh, it's been good so far. Is it tough to commit to the run game in today's NFL? This is Matt Eberflus on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it depends on the staff. I think it depends on the head coach and the GM where, 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 where their eyes are. You know, so I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, to, in order to be good, you have to be able to run the ball. Hmm. Um, that, that's been proven. Um, and, again, and analytics say differently sometimes, you know, but uh, I know that when you control the line of scrimmage and have the ability to run the football, uh, you control a big part of the game on either side of the ball. So that's what we're committed to. All right, Abdallah, is it tough to commit to the run game in today's NFL? No, it's not. It's not. It's not when you have a defense, and I know, obviously, Robert, we just spent the last, you know, 15 minutes talking about Robert Quinn being gone, but it's not when you have a defense that keeps you in games, right? If your defense is keeping you in games, which this defense has, except for one against the Packers, it's easy to stay with running the football. And it's working. I mean, the Bears offensively, this year, are 19th in rushing DVOA. Like, it's been working. They've gone down a little bit because they've, they've been throwing more, but as far as using Justin Fields with the design runs, like, that's running the football. You know, like, design runs are still running the football. They did it, what, 11, 12 times? Like, that would, that, 
That's running the football and having Montgomery and having Khalil Herbert running the football. They used they used Herbert on an entire drive against the Patriots. Then they used Montgomery on an entire drive. And, like, you can see that they are committed to running the ball and not this BS like Matt Nagy was saying. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll run the football, and then you run it like eight times. Eberflus talked about the fumbles. I mean, the offense didn't turn the football over, but the football was on the ground a heck of a lot on Monday night, and you know how this goes. We could say right now that it was a good thing on Monday night, but in the NFL, it all evens out. And if you're one way with the turnover battle, it usually swings back the other way. And so here's Matt Eberflus talking about all the times that football was down on the turf on Monday night. Yeah, you know, just you know, I'll just say make a generalized statement that uh, you know ball security is number one. You know, so it's important that everybody who handles the ball does a good job with the ball. So it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's been brought to everybody's attention. You know that we did have those. You know, I think it was maybe four or five of them in the game, and we just got to work to improve that. Is it as simple as saying the weather was bad, or I mean, is that any excuse? No, no, it's never an excuse. The ball is the ball, and it's the most important thing. So the weather is going to be what it is. It's for the same for both sides. So we got to make sure we we uh, figure it out. There you go, Matt Eberflus. The ball is the ball. The ball is the ball. Hey, Love that's. It. If that's his, the standard is the standard, like ball's with Mike ball. Tomlin, the ball's the ball, man. Ball's the ball, man. I didn't see the Cowboys dropping the ball over the place. The ball's the ball. Or the Patriots, I mean. I don't see. I didn't see Mac Jones. The ball's the ball. And Bailey Zappi dropping the football. I thought ball's it was the ball. throwing interceptions. But, you know, uh, look, they've been very opportunistic. Justin Fields, 10 fumbles, or 11 fumbles, he's recovered 10 of them. That's insanely opportunistic, right? Like, eventually, that's going to regress back to the mean and you're going to lose some of those fumbles. Ball so, is the ball. Yeah, the ball is the ball, and the ball is going to end up in another team's hands. So you got to stop. You got to stop dropping the football because the ball is the ball. <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, Luke Getze on Thursday, he got a chance to talk to the media as well as we preview the Bears and the Cowboys. Getze was asked, "What was the most satisfying part of mm. scoring 33 points on offense on Monday night?" It was more about the way the way that we did it more than necessarily. You know, getting 33 points or whatever. Um, I thought, you know, it was probably our most physical game that these guys, our guys played. Um, you know, we had guys get go down kind of in and out of the game, and so other guys had to step in in a bunch of different reps, and there was no blink, and uh, the guys were prepared to play. Uh, so I thought that was really the, a really cool part about that whole day was the, the play style, the physicality of it, and then when you needed guys to step in and play, they were ready to rock and roll. You know, it's a good point by Getze because the offensive line was in flux throughout the game, some injuries, some guys getting shuffled in and out, and it seemed like everyone was on the same page. I know that in the first couple of drives, I was like, okay, the offense is working because in the middle, you had Patrick there and everything solidified. The moment he left, I was like, oh. Fields is going to go back to running for his life. They're not going to be able to stop the pass rush. But the D, the, Bear, the Bears' offensive line did a really nice job on Monday night. Yeah, and I think they, you know, when you have when you like you said when you score when like Getzy said when you score that much, it, it's good to see in the way that you do it. Like we all the things that we've talked about in the off season and leading up to this. And I know we talked about it a little bit last night on the big show of Luke Getzey's system and how why weren't you doing this a little bit earlier? Like we saw all the design runs, we saw all the rollouts, the bootlegs, all that kind of stuff. Like why weren't why wasn't this stuff that was is working now being implemented? And you say, oh well, the game plan changes. The game plan changes. Yeah, but your quarterback, like you have the personnel hasn't changed, right? Like you're supposed to be doing what works for your personnel. I understand if you want to be run heavy or pass heavy based on how a team is on defense, whether they're, you know, they can't stop the run. Like against the Packers, you ran the ball a hundred times because they can't stop the run, 
right? Right. So that's fine. You do that. But the the plays that you're running for Justin Fields, we've been saying it for weeks. They should have seen this earlier, that this stuff was working. Like, that's why the, the loss to the Commanders is frustrating, loss to the Giants is frustrating, because they might have not been down in those games if they were implementing some of these concepts. Okay, on, on Thursday, today, uh, Getsy was asked, how much of the run game that you used on Monday was installed in the mini-bye week? Because what you're bringing up is, was this stuff, did you just decide in the, the mini-bye to put this all in and... Is that when it was implemented? Here's what Getsy had to say. Um, I mean, we've been doing it all year. I think what, the, what we do with our entire offense is we try to get, you know, get the premier play against the defense. And so, uh, you know, they presented some cool opportunities for us that we were able to kind of get uh, better angles and stuff with the quarterback run this, this past week. So we wanted to make sure we took advantage of it. Um, it, it didn't hurt that we had an extra day, but... Uh, um, as far as like necessarily creating a new offense, and then, no, we didn't do anything differently that from that perspective, and we went about it uh, the way we kind of always do in, in our game plan part of it, and what you know what gives us the best opportunity, what gives all eleven guys the best opportunity to succeed. So, so Getzy says no, Abdallah. They did not install a new run game offense in the mini buy. He's a liar. Oh wow, calling Getzy out. Yeah, well, how many design runs did they have before uh, Monday night's game? How many? Not many. Okay. They did, what, 11 or 12? Yeah. I mean, come on. They were even, like, Aikman was even saying it. Oh, they're rolling him out a lot more. They're scheming away from this bad well, offensive rolling, line Rolling out is more. different than design runs. I understand that. No, that's what I'm saying. They did two different things. Yeah. They were doing two different things that they haven't been doing a lot. And I'm not saying that Justin Fields is a bad pocket passer, that he shouldn't be back there. You can mix everything in there. Like, you set up two tight end sets to set up play action. They weren't doing that before. You can watch the film and sit and look at it. Just watch, go back and watch the games. You don't need all 22. Just watch the game recordings and just look and say, this is stuff they were doing on Monday that they didn't do for the first six weeks. And now they're implementing it. And I get it. You got a mini buy. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. But how, how come they're putting in stuff that we've been talking about for weeks just now, and it's working. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, Getsy also talked about a win on national TV. Does that give Justin Fields more confidence now that he has that underneath his belt? Yeah, I mean, no. The, any, any success, obviously, is, a, is something that is important to, to anybody. And, and if, as you continue to grow, there, I mean, you, it gives you a little bit of self-satisfaction that you're on the right track, right? But the kid is, uh, he comes to work every single day. Like, whether whatever happened on Sunday, he comes to mo- on Monday ready to rock and roll and ready to work. And he's one of the most consistent guys in, in this building. And so uh, he, has a, he has a way about him that, uh, you know, you know he's going to put in the time and he's going to do whatever it takes to help us win games on, on, when it comes to Sundays. So it's good to hear that Justin Fields off of a win, off of a loss, same guy in the locker room. He's lying again. Wow, lying. Yeah, I mean, no. The, any. <laughs> He's lying again. Yeah, I mean, no. The, of, any, of course it means more. Yeah, I mean, no. The, any, the, the players know when they're on national TV. Yeah, I mean, no. The, any, they know that they're an eight-point underdog. Yeah, I mean, no. The, any, any, they know that people have been crapping on yeah, them for I mean, no, seven the, weeks. Any, any, they know this. Yeah, this, I mean, no. The, any, any, doing this on a Monday night against a team that you were an eight-point dog to is much more important than like beating the Texans at noon on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, no, the, any, any, right? 
Like it, me- yeah. it, it means more. I'm with you. It means more. I think it also helps that you had time to prepare. So like it would have been more demoralizing if you have the mini buy and then you go out and yeah. then you play like trash. Yes. Like having the time to prepare plus the stage. I mean, what do we keep going back to? Justin Fields in the, in the bright spots mm-hmm. in college, he performed. We've now seen two Monday night performances from Justin Fields where you could argue he was the best player on the on the turf, mm-hmm. right? The Steelers game last year, he was by far the best player in that contest. They didn't win, but he was he was exceptional in that game. And then uh, you see it on Monday night, and you know Matthew Judon, you'd be in the converse, he'd be in the conversation, yeah. best player on the field. Uh, Roquan Smith, but like Justin Fields was the story from the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. It looked like everything finally clicked. Yeah. It looked like he finally got it, and he yeah, looked I like mean, the, no, the, and he, he looked like the elite quarterback that we've been waiting for. And people are like, oh, well, he's still look, he's still thirty fourth amongst qualified quarterbacks, or whatever. With Justin Fields, the passing numbers are never going to be the full story, never. Like unless he's got like three interceptions. Well, and not not right now. No, no, not right now. You know, but, three years from now, sure. maybe it is. But his strength, but too, not right now. is his physicality and his ability to run. So you have to look at both. Like, you can't just be like, oh, here are the passing leaders, and Justin Fields is 28th. He's doing more than just passing. He's not just a passing quarterback. He led the team in rushing. Like, that's not a fluke. He's supposed to be doing this. So make sure you have the complete picture when you're judging these games, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm with and you this on one's that gonna one. Be, this one's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. Getsy talked about the, the blocking challenges against Micah Parsons. Uh, I think right now, if the votes were taken, he'd be the defensive player of the year. Uh, this is going to be very difficult for the Chicago Bears to line up and to block this Cowboys pass rush. Here's Getsy. Oh, I mean, just his, his uh, flexibility. I mean, the guy literally lines up all over the place. There's not many interior linebackers that can rush the passer in the history of the game the way that this guy can. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, I think it was, like, 14 when I was in Green Bay with, like, Clay. When we were down, we got all these guys hurt. Moved Clay to inside linebacker. I mean, that's what this guy looks like. Um, he's amazing. And so the challenge of knowing where he's at and uh, is, is definitely one of the biggest tasks and able to have success against these guys. So can the Bears block Micah Parsons and limit the damage when he gets the fields? Here, here's something that like has to happen when he gets sacked because he will. Oh, Parsons yeah. will get there. Yeah, hold on to the football. Yep. Because the worst thing that can happen against the Cowboys would be uh, you're on, you're in, uh, you're backed up against the, the goal line, right? Uh, or you're within the the 15 yard line to the goal line, and you have all that way to go for a touchdown. And the strip sack leads into a fumble recovery, short field for the Cowboys for Mm -hmm. them to punch it in. Like that type of thing could become chaos on Sunday in a a blink of an eye because of how good the Cowboys pass rush is. Like, I feel like this game needs to come with a warning before Fox airs it and Adam Amin delivers us a, a great call on Sunday. Like there needs to be a, like, you know, before they used to have jackass and it would be like the, like warning. The lack of offense you are about to see is not an indication. This is the number one defense in the country. Like, this is the best defense in football. They're number one in weighted DVOA on defense. They are number one against the pass in DVOA. They are third in red zone defense in DVOA. They're second in yards per play allowed 
this is the best defense in the NFL. So just, yes, we saw a lot of progress on Monday night against the Patriots. That doesn't mean the progress stops if they don't put up good numbers against the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I there's there's a path there to win because Dallas against the run rushing yards per game they're twentieth in the league. Yeah, mm-hmm. so if you lean heavy into what you can do well, maybe that could mitigate some of the pass rush because you know have a personal protector, only throw when you have play action, uh, limit the 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 game script where if you run and allow your defense to play well against the Cowboys. Like, maybe you can keep this game close and you can do a little ball control in the second half. And the more you run it with Herbert and Montgomery and Fields, maybe you keep this game under 20 points for both sides mm-hmm. and you you turn it into, you get to the fourth quarter, it's a field goal game, don't make a big-time mistake, run the football, use the left side of your line, and just do what you did last week and try and move some Cowboys off the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I think there is a world where you could see that happening. Is it likely? I don't think so. I think the Cowboys win. Yeah. But I do think it's one of those things. Vegas is begging you to bet on the Bears this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of points. Nine and and, half, and yeah. I know that uh, we'll, we'll give our picks not only on the big show tonight. Ooh, uh, and picks? also, well, I mean, I'm, eventually we give our picks in the cover five. for, mm-hmm. And we'll do that during Greeny's show on Friday. Mm-hmm. But listen, the, the, the Bears getting all those points. And if you're telling me a team with a top five quarterback is getting over seven points, I don't care who he's playing. I'm leaning Packers. Like, I get it. That's not going to be a trendy pick this weekend because everyone's obsessed with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. They're, they're one of the two best teams in football right now. But if you're telling me a top five quarterback is getting that many points, like, go back through the years. Try and find me another quarterback who you could argue is the best quarterback in football, getting almost 10 points. I understand that. No, no, no. I guarantee you won't be able to find it. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. Those spreads come out for teams that are are playing backups. I'm not saying you won't be able to find it. Or it's a team that's trying to tank. Are we sure that in the year 2022, I almost said 2020, in the year 2022, that Aaron Rodgers is still a top five quarterback? He's definitely top 10. I'll give you that. I don't know if you could argue that he's outside of the top 10. I'm not arguing that he's outside. Is he top five, but, though? But my, my philosophy would hold for any top 10 quarterback. If a okay. top 10 quarterback's getting that many points, I'm always taking that team. All right. So, like, that that's where, like, those are two teams this weekend that... Big spreads. Of course. But it's the NFL. Here, here's my biggest key for, and I will harp on this, tonight during the big show... Tomorrow when we fill in for Greeny, we're filling in for Greeny. If you're listening to this on a Thursday, we're filling in for Greeny. Friday, 10 a.m. to noon. Here's my biggest key. You have to stay ahead of schedule when you're on offense because this Dallas defense, on third and short, they rank 31st in defense. On third and five, they rank fifth. On third and long, anything longer than five yards, they're first. You're You're done. done. You're done. You're done. So you have to stay ahead of schedule. Chunk plays. Eberflus, when he came in, talked about chunk plays, chunk plays, chunk plays. You have to be, whether it's passing, running, whatever, you have to get in third and short situations. Have to. Because you can't get, like, let guys like Micah Parsons 
have extra room to get at you because they'll pin their ears back and just get at you because they will. Yeah. You if you if it's third and long, go up, go to the bathroom, get another drink, something like that because they're punting. Basically, third and long is might be a punt in this situation because this Dallas defense is playing ridiculous and it's I know Cooper Rush was playing well and we saw Cooper Rush play like a backup in his last game and then Dak came back and was a little rusty at first against the Lions they ended up winning that game anyway but you saw a team that has stayed in games and has been able to support a backup quarterback because of their defense and that's what this Dallas team is they are extremely opportunistic they're great at getting to the quarterback they're the number one team against the pass they're number 12 against the rush you said they're what twenty something in twentieth twentieth in rushing uh, against the run against yeah. the run. So I mean, the recipe is there. So don't be surprised if you don't see somewhat of a dud from Justin Fields. But we also expected that against the Patriots, and he went out and showed out. So yeah. no, you're you're right. If he throws fifteen passes or more, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This could certainly be Fields goes eight for thirteen. Mm-hmm. But the Bears try and roll two hundred thirty yards of rushing on the yep. ground, and mm-hmm. you somehow keep this game close in the final 17-14 and you don't actually win, you know? Like, I could definitely see that. If they win, this won't be like the Texans game where it's like, yeah, but he didn't look great and it feels weird. If you beat the Cowboys, you beat the Cowboys. Like, that's a yeah. great win. Yeah, I mean, in and, and the last couple of weeks, I've gone back and forth of having the Cowboys in my top five for uh, five up, five down. So I yeah. think this team is one of the better teams in all of the National Football League. So there you go. Uh, Bears-Cowboys preview as we head into week eight of the NFL season. We're almost to the halfway point, and the Bears are three and four. They're on the road to face off against the Cowboys, who are five and two. Check out the Bear Down podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app, and also listen to Black and Abdallah weeknights from 6 to 8. We'll talk to you next Tuesday for the Bear Down podcast. So long.